Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. to Guardians of the Grobe, a podcast about Invincible and Josh Groban, where we break down his latest songs and the latest episodes of Invincible. i Alex. What are the latest songs from Josh Groban? What's the fresh <laughs> releases? I'm Justin. I'm Pete. I think his most recent release was that song he did for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, baby. Wow. Not 100% sure. <laughs> you bring out, you got your finger on the Groban pulse in so many ways. Let's Santa welcome Anna him into wins. the stream. He, of course, is here, as always. Josh, come out. Sing us a little song. Hello, it's me, Josh Groban. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> he does happening? every one of his songs. He does introduce himself in the the opening lyrics of the song. Like all professional musicians. So we're actually talking about that actually hurt <laughs> latest episode of yeah. Invincible. We're going to break it down. This is a big, wild episode that was full of Oscar nominees and Oscar winners. And I yeah. think there is a good chance this episode is going to win an Oscar itself. Mm. Uh, to give you all the broad overview and requisite spoiler warning here, we're going to jump into it, give you a very brief recap, uh, and then jump into exactly what happened in the episode, our big moments, things that we liked. In this episode, Mark is continuing to try to balance being a superhero with being a regular teenager, dating a girl, being uh, kind of friends, kind of interested in another girl. He's not doing a great job of it, well, let's be honest. No. And at the same time, it's just this is just the brief recap. Okay, this is the brief right. recap. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's, at the same time, a supervillain named Titan, who he fought back in, I believe, the first episode who can cover himself with rocks, played by Mahershala Ali, is looking to get free of a gangster named Machine Head. Turns out it's a little bit of fate, a little bit of a trick. By the end of the day, most of the Guardians of the Globe are maybe dead and also invincible. He's probably He's dead. on the brink of death himself. And Titan has taken over the criminal business and sworn to do better. <laughs> Meanwhile, the background, Debbie is very suspicious of what's going on yes. with Omni-Man. And that's what you missed on Glee. Pete, what did you want to say? Well, I just wanted to say that, like, you know... Um, I, I I completely forgot what I wanted to say to tell you the truth. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Uh, we should. I, I know you hate talking about real life stuff. We should mention Pete just got the second vaccine shot, so I expect you're going to be ramping up to 103 fever at any time soon. Yeah, right? I'm fading fast. It's, uh, it's Pete is extremely vincible right now. <laughs> yeah, he is very. <laughs> if we're going to pull a trick Pete, on Pete, Pete called us time. on the telephone on his landline. I don't know how did you, he did that. I don't even have a landline. It was like, please, oh. I only have a couple of minutes left. I need to tape an invincible podcast. I. Uh, it's what I remember I was going to talk about. I wanted to just ask Justin if he related to Invincible at all because he Invincible really 
uh, seemed like, uh, you know, he had problems scheduling things and getting to places on time and just kind of like, you know, uh, respecting the people that he cares about. So I was just wondering if, you know, if you were like, uh, geez, hey, you know, like, wow, this is really hitting a home court or if you're just rocking gringo shirts and like living La well, Vida Loca. Let me throw out to you, Pete. Uh, I'm the anytime I'm late, it's because I'm doing the same thing that Invincible is, which is saving the fucking planet. Oh. So, um, I, or if, I assume are you, you hanging out at Amber's house when you should be here? Oh, interesting. Wait, oh, wait. Do you think, you think <laughs> <laughs> you're coming at this from the whole other side here? Yeah. I see. Yeah. You're not in Amber's shoes. You're um, the. The asteroid, and you're like, where the fuck is this kid <laughs> yeah. who's supposed to stop me from killing this planet? Exactly, trying to make time with his. If you don't show up, so you're, you're coming planet. straight for Justin, being like, do you relate to this point of the episode? What what you relate to most is the asteroid that's coming for her. Yeah, exactly. Wow, wow. Well, that's great. And we should say, um, an ancestor of Pete's did kill the dinosaurs way back in the day um, that's right. by crashing into the planet. Torque. <laughs> that was his name. <laughs> Uh, I thought this was a really good episode. Uh, what did you... I, I'm surprised, actually. I want to call out one Easter egg first, Pete, because I'm surprised you did not lead with this. Well, there's Ooh. a lot to lead with. I mean, you got Blade in this. Blade plays Titan, which is pretty crazy. A lot of uh, nerdy crossover <laughs> going on. You know what I mean? Like Mahershala Ali has done so many things beyond the fact that eventually down the road he might be played. He might, mean, be, uh, might be. I fucking lost my shit right. at a clip at a fucking Comic-Con. They can't say might. We're in too deep at this point. But I'm, I'm going to ask this because I'm getting a suspicion now that you didn't pick up on this. Wait, you're talking about the... Winslow Family Matters? You motherfucker, come on. You know I got that. Okay, Principal Winslow is Reginald Vell Johnson. So there you yeah. go. You did get that. <laughs> yeah. you didn't I was lead next that, on though. my list, motherfucker, after my sweet blade bit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. I also really yeah, like that. The, was, that was a funny Easter egg. I, that's all. I also like the funny moment where uh, Mark was like, wait, which one's uh, Machine Head? I thought that was really funny. That's fun. Yes. There's, this episode is uh, it's paced up, I feel like, as opposed to episodes in the past, and it really felt like it was breaking out of the, the sort of format and formula that we've seen in the show so far, where it's like, Nolan wants to teach uh, Mark how to be a hero. He wants to go do his own stuff. And now we're in this whole other world where it feels like Invincible's growing up a little bit as we watch. Now, let me ask you guys, since now you guys are officially like asshole parents, do you relate more to Eve's mm. parents in that scene or Eve? Or are you like, yeah, I'm I'm just a complete piece of shit parent? Or like, what are your thoughts? Oh, uh, that's a great question. Great do question. I consider myself a piece of shit parent? Right, right. Not? Thank you for asking, yeah, yeah. Pete. Let me think about that yeah. for a little bit. Thank you for asking, Pete. I get that question a lot mm. from my kids. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> no, of course... I mean, Eve's parents famously are bad. In the comic, they're bad they're in terrible. like, yeah, in like a worst. bunch of different ways. In this, they're bad in the specific way we see in the scene. Okay. I just didn't know because, you know, it seems like in uh, a lot of television and movies, parents are really just kind of using their children and not really loving them. I just wanted to know how you kind of, do you guys also feel like kids are just there for your kind of like putting them to work and kind of 
working for What are you doing right now? I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm stop, lost. Stop pizza. being the asteroid. Hey, Pete. I just saw Annie, yeah. all right? And I was really moved. You know, there are a lot of kids who could have used some families, but then there's the also movie fam- Annie? You just saw Annie? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What's up with you, Pete? I, I think just, this vaccine. What are I don't you think doing? you have the vaccine. I think you got shot with some sort of like liquid cocaine. <laughs> and I always parent like Reginald Vell Johnson in Family Matters. So. Oh, smart. Yeah. Smart. And I'm always uh, like, unrelated. get out of here. I just, I just saw West Side Story. Nice. So if we could talk about that nice, next, nice. that would be great. Hey, when you're Jack. I agree with you, Justin. I thought this episode was really paced up. I do think the back and forth sequence of Mark and Titan maybe went out a beat or two too long. Like I got the point at a certain point. Yeah. Um, but I liked that. I liked seeing the contrast between the two characters. I thought I- getting a sense of this whole... You know, great power, great responsibility thing that they're really playing with this episode. I thought it was very clear. And man, even reading the comic book and knowing a lot of the stuff was coming, the end of this episode was so dark and brutal across the board. Shocking, even if you know what's coming. Yeah, I thought that like they did uh, spend a lot of time on Blade. But when you win an Oscar, you get those kind of media roles. Uh, but I feel like um, it paid off at the I end. I bet since you're an asteroid, you're going to get some of those meteor rolls as well. <laughs> Sweet. Thanks. Let's hope so. Um, so uh, I just feel that, like, uh, I was excited to, to kind of explore this idea, right? Because it's brought up a bunch of times where, you know, like, uh, superheroes are in the sky doing things when people on the streets are suffering, right? And there was a, a real kind of, like, moment where you were cutting back and forth between Mark and Amber and Eve, and you kind of see Amber as a real hero kind of trying to make the world that you want, like actually making a difference, being in a soup kitchen, getting people food who need it, you know what I mean? So, like, I was hoping they were going to do a little bit more, but uh, they were just kind of, like, introduced the idea and then kind of pulled away from it. I, I think that was enough Honestly, uh, because part of the thing that we've been talking about quite a bit with Invincible as a character and certainly something they've been doing the show is he's very breezy about it. He is the son of the greatest superhero in the entire world, and he's taking everything very easily. Even when he's fighting big alien armies, it's not a huge deal for him. Yeah, And here we get to see through Amber's heroism, like I think you're absolutely correctly saying, um, in small ways – Um, And also even what Titan is doing for his family, there are different gradations here. And ultimately what Invincible, I think, learns at the end of the episode is he's going into it thinking, I am invincible. I have my fists. I have my superpowers. I can fight all these things. And he ends up with his intestines hanging out and hopefully learns the lesson that, no, he has to come up with this stuff in different ways. He can't just come in barrels blazing and that's it. And I also think that the the scenes with Amber do a good job of making her not just a character who's like nagging Mark for not being on time, which I think is sort of the trope. And it's just like, no, they made her like a real person who is like... Because as you know, when you nag, it doesn't work. It doesn't get you places faster at all. It slows you down, in fact. It makes you not want to be where you're supposed to be. So, yeah, that's glad that you pointed that out. Yeah, and I'm glad I don't have someone in my life who, uh, when they're like, hey, would you mind sending this email? And I don't get like 
constant texts about, hey, did you send the email yet? When you know very well I haven't sent the email because otherwise you'd get it. Well, that's you know the I mean? thing. Wow, it's I like have some, no idea what you two are talking about right you now, just but I really have, appreciate you talking about it on our Invincible podcast. Sometimes you just have one job, and that's the reminder guy, and you want to do it well, you know, even if it's not maybe the most important job. You know what I mean? You are, you've always been the clippy from Microsoft <laughs> Word of the show. <laughs> Man, I'm really glad I'm spending my Saturday night listening to this. Yeah, Don't spoil what night it is, Alex. It's yeah, a secret. Oh, oh. man. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Sunday morning. I don't know. What are we pretending we're putting this up? <laughs> we we watched this weeks ago and put it up so early. Oh yeah, advanced I, review. But speaking of Mark being casual, <laughs> I think the, a yeah. perfect. We taped this weeks ago and then put it up several days <laughs> after it posted like a bunch of assholes. Uh, if only Pete had texted us a couple more times. <laughs> uh, but I wish he would do that. Uh, speaking of being Mark being casual. Like the fact of like he's texting Amber while he's getting uh, hit in the face with different like blunt instruments was really a fun kind of uh, adorable. Uh, this way actually to- reminds me of something I wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, what is Invincible's phone plan that he can text from space? Yeah, yeah, he's got a good phone plan. He's got a great phone. Like the battery lasted to Mars. I think maybe Cecil helped him with that or something. You know what I mean? Mm, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, Boost though, mobile? this is the one excuse I came up with in my mind. Do you think the fact that he's in space and he's closer to the satellites, do you get better reception? I would, I would hope so. Yeah, you're closer to the, the satellite. For, yeah, for all my of... important call, my really important calls, I do go into a low Earth orbit to make Smart. sure that I don't lose service. Smart. Smart. <coughs> yeah. Uh, cool. I um, all, of, uh, all of the stuff that Mark does in this episode – is fun like he he was able to be fun despite all of the he's juggling like this is a very spider-man this like feels like early Mm -hmm. spider-man um uh and we've talked about that as sort of a good model for who invincible is and mark is um and i thought they really painted that really well and then it's punctuated by a horrible bloody fight which you don't get in spider-man what's also tough about that fight is that you know, that giant cat monster is part adorable cat and then also part horrible warrior. And it was hard not to think it was adorable when the cat licked the blood. You know what I mean? Like it kind of undercut the moment, I feel like. Yeah, that's Battle Beast, who is a classic character from the comic book, who's going to, spoiler, show up probably a ton more times throughout the run of the show. Uh, I know from reading, I think it was Cory Walker's tweets, I want to say they were just super excited about the design there and how faithful it was in particular. Yeah, uh, And I think they did a great job. I love, I love having a character come in who is stronger than Invincible. You expect they're going to beat him by the end. And they just don't. don't. Yeah. yeah. It was like Which, crazy to have that cat, adorable cat beast man just be like, this is just pathetic. I'm out of here. This is even worth it for me. It's yeah. a surprising thing to do. It's something that you don't see on superhero shows or really any shows in general. You expect by the end of the hour, they're going to overcome it somehow. And they lose. I mean, they beat Machine Head, but Battles Beast in particular is too strong. He's stronger than Invincible. We don't know if he's stronger than Omni-Man necessarily, but so far he may be the strongest character we've seen in the show. It's similar. The voice is similar to Omni-Man, too, it seems like. Uh, um, We get to a couple moments here where uh, Mark's identity uh, is almost revealed. You've got to look it up now. 
He, yeah, I gotta look it up now. Uh, he almost um, tells Amber that he's invincible. There's a great sort of mystery yeah. out there. And you also and then, think Eve almost does it. And one. then Eve almost does it yeah. to sort of, because everyone cares for each other, basically. Yeah. Now, in that moment, would you have told Amber that you were invincible if you were in Mark's shoes? No, I think it comes back to what Eve said to him, I believe, the last episode, which is, do you love her, right? And they've been dating for three months. I think after three months, that's just too soon to give up the biggest secret in your life. Right, you believe in love um, at first six months, right, Alex? Yeah, yeah. I believe in, yeah, the first five years or so. <laughs> You're likes just about to, to tell your wife and two children you love them pretty soon, right? <laughs> I, they don't know that I'm here. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Very invincible of you. I mean, yeah. it's smart. You don't want to unleash all your horrible secrets on somebody right away. You want to slowly kind of leak that but up. But he's in real, like, he may lose her here. Um, and I thought it, he doesn't tell her. Adam, Eve doesn't tell her. It really makes me think that this could lead to a breakup, and this may be what causes Mark to maybe move on while still having feelings for Amber. I'm just wondering how many more Family Matters references we're going to get because my um, mind is very excited about all the possibilities. You know what I mean? Oh, that's great. Just drop every Family Matters reference you can. <laughs> Go for it. Just well, I just think it. if once, once you have... You know what? I'll make it easy. Just do one. Yeah. <laughs> Did I do that? Urkel. All right. So there you go. Wait, what? Did you just say Urkel? Yeah, Urkel. Did I do that? You know, I'm not going to give it the full. Oh, dude, did I do it? You know, and it, can you name his other catchphrase that was legitimately on T-shirts and was very popular? Um, there's like a cooler version of me when I transform. I don't remember. What no. In the early seasons, his catchphrase was, do you have any cheese? Oh, that's right. Yes. It was on T-shirts. Yeah. Do you have, have any, any cheese? cheese? Yeah. Yeah. That was a TV show that we watched, <laughs> and Pete seems to love. <laughs> I have fond memories. A main, a main character would walk in a room and say, do you have any cheese? And the audience would lose their mind. Lose their mind. The other character, by the way, was Steve Urkel. <laughs> uh, his name was Stefan Urkel. Urkel. Stefan? Stefan. Stefan Urkel. Stefan. Okay, uh, I never really watched that show. Oh, wow. Clearly. Not not to brag or anything like that. What were we talking about? Invincible, I think. Yep. So seeing. you got the relationship stuff. We if we were talking about bit. Invincible, I think we would be more on topic. You know, <laughs> we I think we would know. Uh, I did like, even though like we know that uh, Dad is really creepy and horrible, the kind of talk that he has with Mark about like, holding bad guys upside down and letting them go was just like, because you know, dad is creepy that added such an extra layer of edge to that. Like, will dad actually catch this guy that I thought was very enjoyable? Well, and let's talk about like, cause I think that's played for the joke of it, but yeah. Omni man is becoming just more and more obviously like uncaring for humanity. Like there's a great yeah. progression from that moment to the dinner scene where Mark's explaining how like, Hey, I'm going to, I, I Maybe I'm going to go help Titan um, get out of the situation that he's in. And Omni-Man's like, huge waste of your time. Yeah, because Omni-Man's like, did you see Blade Trinity? Like, I don't know if it's worth it. And then Invincible had to be like, listen, all right, there's going to be a new series. You know, you can, like, give it a fresh shake, you know? 
That's a great point. They definitely will mention that. And then Debbie is like, hey, you have to be who is doubting Nolan so hard in this right. moment, which I think all that stuff is played so perfectly. Their family dynamic is great. Says, no, you, helping people is never the wrong thing to do. And then at the very end, when Mark is like his pulse is fading, you see his eyes blinking and he sees Omni-Man just watching him, yeah. knowing that he'll survive, but letting him think he's going to die. Yeah, because that was messed up. We saw him floating up early, and I thought for sure Omni-Man would fly in and save him any moment. Nah. Just being like, you chose. I told you this was going to happen, and now you got to live with the consequences. That's some hard lessons. It's ramping up from the punch lesson in the first episode where he punches his own son and it's absolutely awful. But here it feels like the same thing where he's saying, well, I guess you got to learn that sometimes your intestines are going to get punched out by somebody stronger. Sorry, shouldn't have helped that guy. Shouldn't have helped Titan. And that's terrible. That's absolutely that is to your point, Pete. Not great parenting. See, it's not great parenting. I'm glad you guys recognize that finally. Now, at this point, throughout the episode, Debbie is investigating Nolan. Oh, yeah. She, that to was... the point where she she ramps it up on her own. She uh, ends up tricking him, timing it out. She knows he's been gone for so 20 great. minutes. That was such a great uh, sequence. Great sequence yeah. there. Does Nolan know? Does he suspect anything from Debbie? Not yet. I don't think so. Yeah. As long as he didn't go in the closet and be around the notebook that makes your breath cold. Yeah, uh, which, as we saw in this scene, the demon detective is so powerful. He can chill you out with a little notebook, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a cute little notebook that it leaves it behind. Uh, but no, I don't think Nolan knows. What do you think, Pete? Yeah, I agree. I don't think she's messed up uh, uh, yet in a way that he would notice. Like, um, so I, yeah, I'm worried about when he does find out. Uh, but so far, I feel like Mom is in the clear. But I really liked the because I thought mom because they got in a couple arguments in this episode and I thought mom might lose it and spill something. But she was really good about like keeping her ace uh, kind of in check and and, and uh, kind of arguing about what's happening in the moment. If he doesn't suspect her, is it because she is completely beneath his notice? Is that why? I think he thinks he's fooled her. Yeah. He's fooled her his whole life. And I think he thinks their date, quote unquote, in Europe from last episode, like put her over the edge. Like she said, I trust you. Yeah. And so he took that. He I relaxed. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Justin. Oh, I was just going to um, say the other uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is the way that Guardians of the Globe stuff is in this episode. Oh, man. Um, which is such a. F- sort of weird side story to me uh, and it feels just totally unrelated to the other themes of the episode but we get this scene where they're like uh fucking around after a mission and um, having some beers just relaxing but then you know it's always the old guy who wants to go over things and do notes you know what i mean It's, it's tough well, I, I think it does. You could venture that if it is getting into the great power, great responsibility thing, it's the same thing there where they come back from this fight. They kind of fucked it up a little bit. Yeah. But the younger members of the team are like, eh, it's no big deal. Let's just have some beers. Let's celebrate. We installed a beer fridge in this oh, headquarters, man. which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. It comes up from the floor. It's very nice. Oh. But by the end of the episode, they are working together and they are working seamlessly as a team and supporting each other, even if it leads to uh, some horrible, horrible things where I think it's 
Monster Girl is down and Black Samson is probably down. We don't know if either of them are dead necessarily, no, but they're not looking great. Yeah, not looking good. And they walk, all of them are still alive, I think, when the episode ends, but I don't know if we're going to end up with one or, or more of them dead. I don't, I don't think any of them will have died. Wow. Right. Okay. I, just I, feel, like, in the medical I feel like treatment. Mark's definitely dead. You know? Yep. yep. Invincible is dead. Monster Girl, not. Though. Yeah. Yeah. So the show's going to because we really want to see what happens with Robot and Monster Girl. So I feel like Invincible. There's really no kind of things going on with him, so he, they can kill him off real easy. Yeah, it's like when um, Roseanne um, was c- canceled and they just moved it over to the Connors. Yeah, exactly. It did really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they got rid of Roseanne yep. for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, this this is getting into. I mean, since we're touching on robot and everything, I I know we've been kind of bouncing around whether we want to spoil things for the comics or not. I think we could probably say something to look out for. Obviously, him bringing that genetic material from Rex to the Baller twins, Baller twins means something going forward. I think if you haven't read the comics, it may not mean what you think it means. It's, I think, fair to say, like, there's a pretty good swerve coming there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out in the show. I think that'll certainly be interesting. And then there's the other thing with the other bit of blood at the end where uh, Cecil has taken some of Mark's blood. They're testing it and the Viltrumite cells just won't die. So that's a good indicator, first of all, that Mark is not going to die. He is going oh, to recover from yeah. this. But also that they are trying to figure out ways to take down Omni-Man if they have to. Yeah, and to me, the implication there is there's no way to beat a Viltrumite unless you use another Viltrumite. Mm. Um, I got to say, uh, I was pretty upset with the whole kind of like reveal of uh, Titan being the you know, like, oh, I did this for my family. Oh, well, fuck it. Now I'm going to be the bad guy in charge. I uh, felt like a little, he really betrayed Mark there. And that was pretty cold. And what sucks is really proves his evil dad's point, which I'm a little worried about Mark going forward once he gets out of this coma. Well, he does say he's going to do better. Like, we don't know exactly what he's going to do. It so, doesn't like, I seem think like it. Also, what's uh, heartbreaking is that little girl was like, Daddy, is this where we're going to live now? And I'm like, I hope not. It doesn't seem very kid-friendly. I mean, there's bullet holes everywhere. Mm. They'll probably spruce it up a little They'll bit. They'll probably renovate. No, oh, okay. You know, yeah. you got to get the machine stuff out of there. Different little tastes. Pete, you don't have any kids, but you can purchase these things that, like, put soft stuff on the corners of tables and stuff. So he'll probably do the same thing with the wreckage. He'll leave all the wreckage there, but he'll put yeah. soft things on the corners Smart. so she doesn't poke her eye Smart. out. Smart. You could put little um, uh, bottle tops, bottle nipples into all the bullet holes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one thing about the Maulers that I think is so funny, and they did this in the comic, too, they play this joke so hard the idea that like they don't know which one they both claim that the other one's the clone right like the sequence here is like what two minutes of build-up for the punchline of them waking up and being like you stupid clone he's like (laughs) you are the stupid clone and and they've done it in every episode it's just very funny to me how hard they go Uh, it's also it's a very brothers thing to do so i also like it for that aspect as well 
I did want to jump back and talk about the Titan thing a little bit because I liked how it played out. I thought this was a really good storyline and again, played off. I understand what you're saying, Pete, and I think you're right that it plays into Omni-Man saying, well, I knew you couldn't trust this guy, but it's these gradations that we're talking about here. We're invincible is seeing things as black and white. He's seeing things as hero and villain. And Titan is seeing them as not that simple. You know, he has lived in the very much the bad part of town that's been ripped apart by Machine Head and these other crime bosses, presumably. And he is going to try to do it better, but he's also been tempted and he manipulated Invincible at the same time. So there's good in him. There's bad in him. There are both of those things. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty good. Um, All right. Any other things before we start to wrap up here about this episode of Invincible? Well, I really like the uh, Eve being like, yeah, why would you need to spot Mongolia on a map? And he was like, yeah. And she was like, no, if you're flying, you got to be able to tell where Mongolia is. I thought that was a really great bit. And I hope they cash in on it later where he needs to fly and find out where Mongolia is. Well, when you're flying over a country, you can look down and it's written in the... Yeah, but you got to be high enough right, to the see letters. the letters. You know right. I mean, if you're too close, you can only see a couple. Yeah, you can usually pass by the line, though. You can see that because that's that's yeah. a big black line around the country. They painted, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Before we wrap up here, then, what is your invincible moment of the episode, Pete? Hoof. Oh, man. Hoof. 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 Oh, man. Oh, Oh, um, no, 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 no. Here, I'll throw out one while you're looking okay, for great, stuff. Great, great. I, I'm going to say Mark getting an apology cheesecake for Amber. That is mm. a good apology. If I was ever mad at anybody and they brought me a cheesecake, apology accepted. Good wow. to know. Good oh, to know. Okay. Justin, what about you? Invincible moment of the episode? Um, apology cheesecake? Um, no, I would say... Um, I really love the Debbie sequence when she um, she asked uh, Nolan to go pick up some stuff for dinner and had the timings worked out and uh, set the stopwatch as she looked for his um, bloodied uniform. Like, it just shows she's meticulous. She is such a powerful character, and I uh, she's going to be the one that breaks open this whole uh, mystery surrounding Nolan and the Guardians. Uh, I was glad that they gave uh, Manzukis a little, uh, a little bit more of a light instead of just being a complete douchebag. Uh, like the fact that he got to punch out uh, Machine Head was very enjoyable, and I'm glad they just don't like be like, okay, this guy's just uh, awful. We're not going to deal with him. I'm glad there's there's a little bit more to the character. All right. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Invincible iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, this has been Guardians of the Grove. Bye.